Go ahead and be seated. Thanks for standing for an hour. Man, God is here. Thank you, Lord. He's working, mightily working. Uh, let me just, uh, let me now try to uh, uh, elaborate for a moment on some of these things that were said. And, uh, you know, the Lord wants to take us further. And, and, and you know, you can say that, you, you can say that's always true, and I don't, I don't doubt that, that that's always true. But sometimes you'll sense the, the Spirit breathing on a certain word. The, the, there's, there's something on a certain message, a word for, a, for the moment, for the time. And, uh, and I believe that he is in, that, in this service tonight. He wants to take all of us, yes, and maybe some very specific individuals to a, to a further place, advance and make advancement, you know, like we talk about in school, you get degrees or advanced degrees, right? There's different levels of education. In the spirit, we can learn and know and become more acquainted with God in his ways, all right? Everybody say the Lord's ways. Yeah, we can become more familiar, more acquainted with, more adept, adept, is that the right word? In the Lord's ways to where they become, you know, second nature, first nature, to where it's our default response. I do things the way God does. Say, what what would be the Lord's ways? Well, lots of things, but you could certainly say love, right? Remember, Remember, Paul wrote and he said, desire, uh, spiritual gifts or covet earnestly the best gifts, and uh, and yet I show you a more excellent way. What's that? What was that way? That's the next chapter, right? That's First Corinthians thirteen. That would be the way of love. That's God's way. God's way is a, is is love. Yeah, love includes forgiveness and it clu- includes not harming anyone in any way ever. That's the way, that's the love of God. That's his way. But he wants to instruct us in his ways, not only in, in ways of character and, and fruit and maturity, but also in ways of the spirit, things that are unknown, all right? Uh, there's a scripture over in Deuteronomy. Do you know about Deuteronomy? Let's say Deuteronomy too. <laughs> Deuteronomy uh, 29. Hopefully my internal addresser is correct. Yes, it is. It's the last verse there. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. Notice what it, it says here. Did everybody find it? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Deuteronomy you. All right, <laughs> 29, 29. <laughs> Reads, the secret things belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, bless the child. Bless the little children. Amen. All right, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us 
and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So uh, we know that there are right here two categories of information, that which is secret and belongs to the Lord. Now, if it belongs to him, he, he may or may not choose to tell you. That's his prerogative. Say, well, what, why would he keep secrets from us? Well, I don't know. It's a secret. <laughs> I can figure some of it out. Why? At some things I can tell you that he wouldn't tell you is because it's none of your business. Meaning, what? Here's what I mean by that. It's between God and someone else. He doesn't, he doesn't do like a lot of you guys do. <laughs> All right, I mean those other people. <laughs> Meaning they tell about other people's dirt. Right, people gossip and talk about others' failures and stuff. God wouldn't do that. He's not gonna tell off on, on you or somebody else. That's why, that's why sometimes... Uh, uh, we say, Lord, why did this person not get their healing? Why did they die and go to heaven? And you, and you hear and you listen and you get nothing. Well, it might be between the Lord and them. They certainly know. <laughs> if they're a believer, right? They know what, what's going on. That doesn't necessarily mean the Lord will tell you. You just have to leave that with him. It's one of those secret things. But the other category of information here is, is this, um, that, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So there's a whole category of information that is in the revealed category. That means the Lord has made it known. Now here's the question. How much of what is revealed do you know? How much of what is revealed do I know? You say, well, if it's revealed, we all know it. No, it's revealed. God has made it known to someone or made it known in his word. That doesn't mean we've all, here's what I'm saying. We say, I want to know the secret things. I think we ought to start on what's revealed. It might occupy us for quite a while. Meaning what God has already released as being available for people on earth to know and to understand. And how many know, well, we sang that song. Just one word, right? And that's just a true statement. You have a revelation of one word, one promise from God, and kaboom, go your problems. <laughs> and it blows up doubt and unbelief and confusion and lack. And I mean, one word can absolutely obliterate darkness from our lives. Amen. That's why I say, I want to know the secret things. I want to know more. I want to know John 3.16 better. Yeah. Huh? I'd like to get a greater revelation of Ephesians yeah. and Philippians and Colossians. How many know if we really got that revelation, that, that word that's been revealed to us, we are living large <laughs> in the glory and power and blessing and victory of Christ. A lot of times when people are looking for a new message, Something that no one else has ever heard, no one else has ever seen, and woo, it's just, people are gonna be impressed with my revelation. When we're doing that, we're often skipping over the things that we need to put it to give us victory. We want something new. I think we ought to learn who we are in Christ. How faith works, right? I need to learn some of these things that are revealed. And so when I say God wants to take us further, 
that might mean something different for each of us. It may mean, and, I, and according to that prophecy, that may mean the Lord wants to, you know, take the body of Christ or the, the body of Christ in the earth on uh, corporately into some things that have been lost or dropped or, or they haven't seen before. But nevertheless, I'm not going to start off saying, Lord, show me, you know, wild stuff that no one's ever seen before. I, I want to know Jesus, what he did for me, my place in Christ. Amen. Praise God. Does that make sense? I never want to believe that I've got most of it figured out. That, yeah, I'm pretty much in the 98 percentile here of, of that which has been revealed. I've got that because I've been a Christian for a while. And <laughs> I think that's when we stop growing. You know, some people, some have said it this way. If, you're, if, if, if it's not... Um, if it's not, here, here's, if it's old to you, it's not real to you. Is that, am I saying that right? If it's old to you, it's not real. Whenever we look at it and think, oh, I know that, oh, yeah, I've heard, how many thousands of messages have I heard on love or faith or whatever? Uh, so I, I've already got that. If you're not excited about it, you probably don't have it. Because it's revelation from God. It's light from heaven. It's truth that's eternal. It's, I mean, it's the grace of God that we could even know it or see any of it. So when it becomes lightly esteemed, I don't think we really see it. And if we don't see it, if we're not excited about it, it's not going to work for us. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. But he wants to... He wants to to take us further. He wants to give us more. It's not his desire to keep us in the dark or to keep us ignorant of his ways. Amen. We're not even supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We're supposed to be knowledgeable of spiritual things. Amen. But the, the, the hindrance is the belief that we're already there when we're not. That I, it, I, mean, I think a lot of us have done this. We think we're further than we are. Come on, parents, have your kids in their growing up years, did they ever think that? <laughs> they ever think they were older than they were? They were more, more advanced than they presently were? And you have been there, right? Because all of us have been at all ages. Right. We've been there and we looked at them and thought, <laughs> nope. You are not what you think you are. You are seeing this from a perspective that is extremely limited. Stay with it and you'll grow. But I think sometimes, you know, we do that spiritually. Remember when, uh, like John, he would write and inspired by the Lord, he would say, my little children, right? Well, compared to God, I think we all fit in that category. Amen. Little children. Yeah. So this perspective sets us up to receive more. Thinking we're further down hinders us. And this is not calling anyone dumb. It's not. You can be extremely intelligent and still do this to yourself with God. You could be a 
you know, bright as a flashlight. <laughs> I mean, you could have very high IQ and have, have advanced degrees and still do this spiritually. I mean, no, there are brilliant people mentally that are spiritually blind as a bat. What do they need? Well, a lot of it's humility and a heart that seeks to know the Lord. Because you, you can't study God like you do other things. You can study science and math and English and the arts and study these things and apply yourself and, you know, and all of us have on some level. We've, we know things about those fields. Why? We studied them. You can't get to God that way, though. That's why there are people who have studied the Bible like a math book or like a science book, and they pour over it and have advanced degrees and, all the, and they can tell you all kinds of things, but there's nothing alive in them. It's like, well, you can quote a lot of that, and you've studied the background and the language, and you can do all this stuff. There's something missing. What's happening here? You don't know the author, do you? And that's really the goal, isn't it? All right, the goal isn't to memorize a book because then we're smarter than others and, you know, we are proud and all this kind of stuff. The goal is to know God and to walk with him and to see things that are true because Jesus said you'll know the and the truth will make you free. All right? Praise God. Look, at, look with me over at... Uh, um, uh, Titus. Titus is way in the back, if you're not sure. Titus, Philemon, and then Hebrews. It's a little short book of a few chapters. Titus chapter 2. And... Uh, verse, that one right there. Is that 11? <laughs> uh, Titus 2.11. For the grace of God, is that the right one? Yep. That brings salvation has appeared to all men. What, what brings salvation? Grace. Much study. <laughs> right? No, the grace of God brings salvation. So how many know if I'm working to get it, I'm getting further away from it? But when I believe that it's a gift, that's grace, it brings salvation. Has appeared to all men, now look, look at that next word, teaching us, teaching us. What teaches us? The grace of God. Teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the grace of God, it, notice it would, it, what it'll do, it will teach us how to live godly. So let's keep this in mind when we're wanting to advance and make progress in God, 
this is going to be one of the things that we're going to see. It's not like this is irrelevant. Let me say it this, let me, let me tell you a story this way. One guy came to me, this is years ago, so I'm not revealing anyone uh, who, who would be here or anything. I don't even remember the guy's name. But he, he was, he told me that he was a Bible translator, okay? Meaning he worked on a, on a team translating from, uh, I think it was Greek to English. Maybe he did Hebrew as well, but from Greek to English. So to know languages to that degree where you can translate them, that's pretty uh, educated. You've got some, probably some good insights knowing the language that well that you could translate a, a Bible you know, into the English. And he, um, as a result of you know, all his study, he was basically living in sexual sin, okay? Had to do with uh, some, th- some things he thought were, were acceptable. I'm not talking like homosexual stuff like people are trying to twist the scriptures now. But, uh, uh, but he, was, he was involved in some things and he explained it away by saying, well, this word means this, and this word means this, and this word means, means this, and, and so forth. And I thought, you know that's not right. You know that's not right inside. But he educated himself into ungodliness. He used logic to give way to his passions and lusts and to justify it. Because how many know, we don't, none of us like to be wrong. We either feel guilty or we you know, get free and get forgiven and so forth. And he wanted to do this, so he made a way where he thought he could do this scripturally. All right. The grace of God does not lead us into ungodliness. It leads, it leads us, it teaches us to deny ungodliness, worldly lusts, so we should live soberly, righteous, and godly. So if I'm really making spiritual advancements and God is showing me more, one of the byproducts of this true revelation and, and blessing from God is that it is affecting my lifestyle. I'm living more godly. Is everybody with me? I, 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 just, I just don't see it that someone is going to be making progress in God and yet their life is either getting worse, more worldly, or is staying you know, stagnant. They're not making any progress in a godly life. This is interesting. Uh, and let me say two things about this. Um, some who magnify the message of grace will take it to this extreme and it turns into a lasciviousness. A, a permission to do anything because it's all covered by God's grace, okay? You know that's wrong, okay? Even if they have some real revelation about the grace of God, when it leads to that end, you know the message is somehow lacking or off or twisted just a little bit if it produces that. Now, now watch. If I want to be accurate and right in the sight of uh you know, truth in the sight of God, I not only want to 
analyze what I believe by comparing Scripture to other Scripture, context and the whole Scripture. That's how I'm going to get truth and right beliefs. I also, also want to see the outcome. Because if someone said, I've got five Scriptures on this, okay, good for you. You're, uh, you've got my attention because I believe the Word. But how long have you been believing that? How long have you been saying that? And, and, and what has it produced in your life? If there's just more bondage or more ungodliness or more anything that's you know, not desirable from the Lord, I'm going to say there might be something wrong with that belief, even if I can't prove it to you yet. Even if I think, wow, you've really done your homework. That looks kind of right. But what's it doing? You might want to step back and analyze it. Because we, like we, you know, we quoted a few moments ago, Romans 8, 32, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. So if it's really true, you're getting freer, right? Not bound more, you're getting freer. There's more joy. There's more peace. There's more victory. Yeah, there's more fruitfulness. There's more selflessness. Right? There are more generosity. There, all the character traits of God are, are increasing in our lives if we're believing and seeing truth. If God's really in it, it's going to lead that way, not the other way. That's right. Hallelujah. And here's the second thing I, wanted to, I, I saw right where we're talking about this. It's the grace of God that teaches us. How many know that's different than saying the, the back hand of God that teaches us. You know what I mean by that? In other words, we, we, we err or we fall. We, we get off track. Does the Lord want to teach us? Teach us how to get back on track or teach us where we got off for sure. But the, it's his grace that's going to teach us. See, that should be comforting for us. See, if we're, if we're gone astray or something's, something's off, he, he's not there saying, I'm going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> Kick you when you're down, knock you. No, it's not, I'm going to teach you a lesson. It's, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And it's a hand up. It's his grace. Grace is forgiving. It's loving. It's empowering. It enables us. His grace teaches us, right? By the way, if we're graceful, that's the way we are with others too, right? It's not you, right? You stupid idiot. No, it's stinks to blow it, doesn't it? Let me give you a hand up. You know, maybe I can relate, but come on back. Come on up. Now, now go to one other place, if you would. Uh, Acts chapter 18. Acts 18, look, at, look with me at verse 24, 18, 24. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Now, by the way, so just read about this guy so far. His, 
It's pretty impressive. His name is Apollos. I mean, how are you going to outdo that? I mean, the Greeks, that was their god, one of their gods. Let's name our son Apollos. So Apollos shows up, and he seems to be fulfilling his, his name. He's eloquent. He's mighty in the scriptures. Mighty. He came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. So there's too many good things. Apollos, eloquent, mighty in the scriptures, instructed, fervent in spirit. So he's not just a fuddy-duddy sitting back in his, in his lounge chair with a bunch of knowledge. He's fervent, fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately. So he's not getting it wrong. He's accurate, the things of the Lord. Though, everybody say though. He only knew the baptism of John. What does that mean? He was accurate with what he knew. He was accurate to a point. He did a great job, but he didn't know everything. He was mighty in Scripture. Can you be mighty in Scripture and still be lacking some information? Yes. Yes. There are some awesome people, fervent in spirit. They they know something so well. It doesn't mean they know everything. Everybody say, I think think. he's talking talking about me. I'm talking about me too. I know what I know and I'm going to be fervent with it. I'm going to be accurate with it. But I don't know it all. If I think I do, I've stopped learning. I am Apollos. You should heed my voice. Well, I'll heed your voice, Apollos, with the things that you know. So uh, he, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla, now how'd they get together? <laughs> Hi, my name's Aquila. What's your name? I'm Priscilla. <laughs> we should go out. <laughs> when, when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, They took him aside. Notice they took him aside. They didn't get in front of everybody. They didn't say, you know, there's some things you need to learn. They pulled him aside. Why would you do that? That's called honor. It's wisdom. Why why make someone look bad? Or you just make it hard for them to receive. Right? Took him aside and explain to him the way of God more accurately. More accurately. Did he have some good information? Yes. Did he need some more? Yes. Yes. Was he already being used of God on some level? Yes. Could he he be more of a blessing to people? Yes. And when he, uh, let's see, and when he desired to cross Achaia, and, and went, am I reading this right? The, uh, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, 
And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously uh, refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. So we've got this mighty man. He's well-versed. He's educated. He's fervent. He's bringing the goods, but he doesn't know everything. Someone instructs him, and this is what I appreciate. He's Apollos, and he's humble. He's mighty in scriptures. He's not wimpy in scriptures. He's mighty, and he's still humble. Humble enough to let Aquila and Priscilla give him some further revelation. If we ever lose that, and we think, yeah, I don't know about this, I don't know about that, and I've never heard it that way before, and what are you talking about? I think we, we, we stop making ourselves useful to the Lord, or at least we limit it. We'll always stay in that place we are. But if we'll humble ourselves and say, you know, this might be new to me or different, or, but look at, the, look at what's happening. Look at the results it's producing. Amen. I think it ought to get our attention when something produces results or you can see it working in someone else's life and they say, there's something else uh, we need to show you. Amen. Humility will say, speak on. And then we go from being used to being used more. We go from being a blessing to a greater blessing. This uh, uh, Apollos, he, I'm looking forward again, uh, he greatly helped. That's what I was looking for. He greatly helped. Not just he was a little, little added blessing. He greatly helped those who believed. Greatly helped. And so uh, our usefulness to God then is tied to what we're, we're able to receive from him. There have been, been many times over the years where I've prepared uh, to minister. Say it's a, you know, sometimes it's a, a Saturday night or something like that, and I'm preparing to minister on the next day. And I think I'm ready. I've written my notes. I've studied these things. I've prayed about it. I've done what I need to do. And I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. But it'll be in me pray a little bit more. And my mind says, I'm good to go. What game is on right now? I could be watching the Broncos lose right now. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, sorry. That was painful. <laughs> I root for them. Uh, but I'll be like, like, pray a little bit more. And then I'll, I'll spend a little bit more time praying, praying in other tongues. And, and in that moment, I'll get something something else that I hadn't seen, something else will drop in me and it will end up being like the main part of my message. It'll, I'll have all my notes and it, this one part, this last part that I wrote in the margin because <laughs> I already printed out my page. And it ends up being an illustration sometimes or just one little point and it, it becomes, and I, I walk away thinking afterwards, man, that was good. <laughs> and I think, what if I just went to the game? What if I didn't take the time to pray there because I thought I, was, I had enough? And here's my point. Sometimes looking a little bit deeper, 
looking for a little bit more, taking a few more minutes and seeking the Lord and staying in there. I've thought this many times over the years with services like these. I thought, especially when people get healed, say of the heart or other words from God come or something really amazing happens. And I thought, well, what if they didn't come that night? I thought, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Lord would have got it to them another way, but I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't have. I just think there's real value in humbly looking for more. We know, we know this. I, I did a, I actually wrote it. I wrote, I wrote this in a book, but I didn't like the way it turned out, so I never finished it or published it. Uh, based on a series years ago called The Need for More. It was all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know that thing you guys didn't receive earlier? <laughs> oh, that was worse than the Broncos. <laughs> Sorry for spitting on you guys there. Uh, it was called the need for more because we know when someone gets saved, there is a need for a greater experience. That's called the infilling of the Holy Spirit, right? There is a need for everyone to receive more. But could that statement be said about other parts of our lives? I think it totally can be. That there is something within us that wants to be uh, in communion and connection with God to such a degree that we're, we're, we're reading the word with hunger, with desire to learn, to grow, to understand. We want to have, a, have experiences and walk a walk with God that's beyond where we are. There's a need for more. When we recognize that need, we will pursue. Yes. And I tell you, it's, it's worth that. It's worth the seeking. Amen. It's worth the looking. It's worth, it'd be worth it for us to come away from, from uh, this night with at least this, where we say, Lord, you got something else? I should know. There's something else you want me to see? There's something else you want me to do? Some way you want, want your grace to instruct me in my life? Is there something else I'm not doing or not seeing or not knowing that I ought to be? Because if there is, and I believe there is, I'm asking you for it. Lord, do teach me. Show me. Open my eyes. Give me understanding. Help me to walk in your ways. I want to walk in the way of the Lord more accurately. Lord, I want to be more accurate. So I'm seeking you. And now I trust you for it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And be in faith about that. And watch what happens in the next little bit. In fact, I guess we should just do that right now. Say it out loud with me. Say, Father. Father. Is there something else? Something else you want me to know? You have information I need? Is there knowledge I'm lacking? Is there a revelation that I should, I should understand? I believe there is. I believe you want me to see more and understand more, to have more truth in my life. So I'm asking you, Teach me, show me, reveal to me your ways so I can walk therein. May your grace be my teacher 
Show me how to live godly. How to walk with you and do this right. Make me usable and more usable. May I know in a more accurate way the ways of the Lord. I'm asking you, I believe now that you hear me when I pray and you will show me the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is so good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now watch, now watch what happens. He might just get in your, in your bed with you. And you find yourself laying there thinking about the things of God. Scriptures come to you. Or you read in the morning, you get up in the morning and read your chapter for the day. And it's better than ever. Like, whoa, I think I might read this one twice. Because things will be made alive to you. You know, one of the things, at least one of the things that Apollos didn't know was about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He knew the baptism of John. How many know the baptism of John is not what we do? That was a baptism under repentance. It's not even a Christian baptism. It was a pre-Christ baptism. So he needed, he needed to learn some things. He was good at what Jesus taught. He needed to come into the fullness. In the very next chapter is Acts 19 where there was those 12 guys in Ephesus and Paul went down there and said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, right? And they laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues, prophesied, and uh, it was glorious. Sometimes it's just the ways of the Spirit that the Lord wants to lead us into. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, let's stand up. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.